This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Hi, I'm Chris Avina of American Outdoor News, and welcome to the American Outdoor News podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be speaking to a country music artist who shared the stage with some of country music's biggest artists, like Tim McGraw, Keith Urban, even Charlie Daniels. He's also the host of uh, Outdoor Channel's Nick's Wild Ride. We're going to be speaking to Nick Hoffman, who I got to say is probably one of the coolest people in the industry that I've met. Let's hear what he has to say. Thanks for taking the time to speak to us today, Nick. Glad to be here, man. Appreciate your time. Um, how do you go from playing with some of the most notable and famous country music singers to uh, uh, an outdoor show? <laughs> <laughs> You're selling out stadiums, got thousands of people cheering your name, and then you go off that's, into the that's woods. That's a million-dollar question, isn't it? I mean, I have... It all starts, of course, with growing up in Minnesota and just being a, a lifelong outdoor enthusiast. I mean, I grew up, I, I didn't grow up in a hunting family, but I was one of those kids that instead of buying a comic book or, you know, even buying a, a record, I was buying Field and Stream with my money. You know, I was buying hunting DVDs. I was buying, or VHSs back then, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and so I, even though I didn't have a hunting family, I always wanted to hunt. And I fished with my dad a lot, but nobody hunted. It was my neighbor that got me into it, and it took me on my first deer hunt, my first duck hunt, all that stuff. And so I've always been a hunter. And uh, um, through the music industry, uh, I started meeting uh, people that I was big fans of, like Lee and Tiffany Likoski and Don and Candy Kiske and some of these people that I met at concerts um, that maybe were backstage or whatever, and I got to be really good friends with them. So my entry into the outdoor TV world and uh, came through them. I would be a guest on their show. They invite me to hunt in Iowa or whatever. And I'd be like, of course I want to go hunt deer in Iowa. Yeah. You know, so, and, (laughs) and so bit by bit, I started making friends within the industry. Um, And 
a producer named Mark Baird, who produces both those shows or has in the past, um, he and I were talking about outdoor TV and what what maybe uh, could be different about it. I said, I got an idea. How about we do a show that is like a Anthony Bourdain-style hunting show or go to a destination to hunt but explore local food and culture and people and music and a little bit of booze and all that stuff and and and, and do what we all do when we go hunting anyway. Find the best burger. Find somebody sure. interesting. All that kind of – find a cold beer, all that so stuff. It, absolutely. And so um, – that idea kind of turned into a, a pilot episode, and that pilot episode got some attention, and next thing you know, I'm three years into the darn thing. That's right. And it's had a lot of success, and I'm just uh, – if you'd have told me, though, I will admit it. Five years ago, if you'd said, hey, Nick, you're going to have me in your third season of an of a, of a outdoor channel show, I'd laughed in your face. I never would have seen it coming. <laughs> now, what was the most unusual animal that you hunted? I know you don't uh, – Always go for the conventional. Well, you know, of course, my first love is ducks and deer. I mean, I, I've, I've loved those two animals more than just about anything for my whole life. This show has given me the opportunity to do things that I probably never would have done mm-hmm. or never thought I would have had the opportunity or the, the, um, just the time to do. So. You know, I always wanted to hunt a moose or always wanted to go to New Zealand or I always thought, how cool would it be to go to Africa someday? But this show has, like, given me the opportunity to systematically just check my bucket list off. You know, all right. New Zealand, Africa, you know, all the different things. And so, and of course, because of the adventure component, you know, going and trying some of these other different things, I think that's what viewers have enjoyed seeing is the idea that, hey, you know, I might not go to Africa, but... I want to. I enjoy watching Nick go to Africa, you know, yeah. and so those kinds of things. So I'm trying to give people a, Making you know, vicariously. I, I think I think there's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Now, what was the most unusual culture that you've experienced? Man. And what'd you take away from it? That's a good question. I, I think that, it, of course, the the first thing that comes to mind is Africa, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's so completely different than anything I'd ever experienced. We're talking about people that, there's one area we were in, I mean, there are people that are living in mud and dung huts, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a completely different world. Um, but if you take that away, everywhere you go, what's so surprising is that people are just people. You know, it doesn't matter. There's always a language barrier, right? Yeah. But in the end, if you strip the the houses and the and the and the food away from things. It, I'm I'm constantly. It sound it sounds yeah. It sounds so cheesy and cliche, but in the end, the human nature is so so such an amazing thing that we all really we just we it really we all want the same things. And and I have I've been really inspired by that, and I think it's made me a better person to to see that. If you strip the bad stuff away and all the stuff that doesn't matter, these cell phones and the and the 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 money and all these different things that we worry about every day, and you get back to just being a a, a person, uh-huh. I think that's the thing I've learned, and, and I, I've really enjoyed that journey I have. Okay. Um, well, talking about food. Yeah. You like to cook? Oh yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Who taught you? You know, my grandmother was a, a great cook. And um, I'm, I'm Norwegian. I'm third, third generation Norwegian. So um, food and, and 
Uh, and <laughs> no, you know, for, for her, she didn't drink much. It was coffee, believe it or not. I've been drinking wow. coffee since I was like 10 and I'm still addicted to it. So thanks grandma. I appreciate it. Uh, the, uh, um, you know, so I think both my grandmothers really, really kind of got me into cooking and, uh, it's as big a part of why I hunt as anything. I love to cook wild game and I yeah. love my favorite thing is getting new people that haven't ever tried wild game, have them over to the house, cook for them. And show them. You tell them what it is. Sometimes I, I shot a I shot a mountain lion uh, a year last year um, in Montana, and I had the hams and everything smoked like real hams because it's got the consistency of pork, you know. Yeah. And I at uh, Christmas last year I uh, I served the ham. Mountain lion. Yeah, mountain lion ham, and served everybody, and nobody knew it was mountain lion until afterward. Uh, but I sure. try not to to dupe people too bad because you know you yeah. don't want to turn them off. But I I love cooking wild game for people absolutely. What's your favorite? My favorite type of wild game? Yeah. I love elk. Yeah. I love elk. And you know I like you know what I like about an elk? You shoot one, you you eat off it all year long. Yeah. Several years ago I I uh I took a, a bison in South Dakota. Uh, that's now, that's, that's good eating. That's yeah. really good eating. And you want to talk about getting some meat. Dude, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Feed the whole neighborhood. And that's my favorite <laughs> thing is if you go shoot an elk or you shoot something like that, I like to give it to people too, you know? Yeah. Give it to my UPS driver. Here, here's a pound of a pound of meat, you know, and they love it. Sure. Now, uh, what really drew you to the outdoors? Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. Uh, okay, so field and stream. No, no, no. Yeah. I think I honestly think I grew up on a farm, and I think that some people are wired to be hunters, and some people are wired to be gatherers. I, I believe it. I think that. I, agree. I think that we're kind. And I. It sounds maybe a little bit of you know little little bit of weird spirituality kind of thing but i think i was just meant to be an outdoorsman i think i was i'm not wired to be a gatherer i'm wired to be a hunter and that's why even though i didn't grow up in a hunting family i always wanted to do it for whatever reason i always wanted to go hunting that's right yeah so what do you think um what do you think makes the show different than any other show out there if 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 there's anything different about it i think it's the idea that we're not just hunting. And anyone who says it's not a hunting show hasn't seen it because it is. It's hunting at its core, but it's all the other stuff around it and the adventure and the travel and all this stuff that it really what you're doing is you're just watching me do what, do what I love to do. And, and, and I think that's what makes it authentic is that, is that you're really just seeing me living my life and having fun and, and living through living my bucket list stuff too. I don't take for granted that I'm getting to go on all these cool hunts, you know, sure. and all this Absolutely. stuff. I, I'm living my dream and uh, um, I'm having a blast doing it. So what the people see on TV is really just Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I think you learn really quickly in the music business that if if you people see you right through fakeness really fast, you know. Yeah. And so what you're never going to see from me is never. I'm not going to try and be an expert. You know, I I consider myself a consummate outdoorsman, but I'm no expert. I miss. Sure. I I screw up. I've scoped myself. I've done all the things that everybody else has I'm done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so, and so you're never going to see me be trying to be an expert. You're you're going to get the good with the bad, and and uh, I think people respond to that because, I mean, let's be honest. There's plenty of fakeness in in all industries, and then there's plenty of it in this industry. There's plenty of it in in in, in, in the music business too. It, it it goes on both sides. No, not the music. Yeah, business. of course not. <laughs> so I just try really hard to just you know be consistent and be myself, and and um, that's why you know sometimes if I if I want to have a cold beer after after. A hunt. I'm not afraid to show it. Sure. If I slip up and swear every once in a while, we've got a bleep that we can put on it. And it's okay. and I'll be honest. I've gotten a few emails that say you shouldn't show drinking or you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, you know cuss or you shouldn't. There's I, a I, lot worse things. Every, they could yeah, exactly. Say. And I, I say everything in moderation, you know. And um, you can't please everybody all the time. You know, don't. You know what I mean. So let me ask you this. Yeah. How do you balance family, TV show? music industry how do you balance all that and keep everything I, I, even poorly <laughs> i do it really poorly is the honest to god truth i um i'm a human human being and i try my best but you know i've uh i have an eight-year-old daughter mm-hmm. and uh, uh with uh, uh my uh, an ex-wife that who i love to death and is still one of my best friends but i think that um the reason i say that is is because if Honestly, it is hard to balance, and it it cost me uh, my first marriage. To be honest with you, there's it, it it was it's it's really really difficult to find harmony between being gone all the time mm-hmm. and a home life. And honestly, when you get home after being gone so much, it takes time to just readjust to being home, and it takes time for that other person, and 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 then bring a a little daughter who. I just adore that I never get to see, and she cries when I leave, and it it it's it, it isn't it's tough, and I don't I I honestly that it's a long way around to say that I don't think you do balance it. I think you just try your best, and you take a weight off of this scale, and you pull it over here, and you're just constantly trying to rebalance the scale the best you can. And sometimes the scale comes whamming down on one side, and then you got to yeah. load up on the other side, and I think you just try to do the best you can all the time. But I'd be lying if I said I balance it because I don't. Well, I think a family dynamic comes in many forms. Yeah. It's what you're used to and how you roll with it. You know, in the end, the people that I love know I love them. Mm-hmm. And I give them everything I can as often as I can. And I also put 100% into to my music and into, into my, my television show and into everything I do. I try to, if there is anything to balance, just try and put 100% into everything you do. That's great. And that's, that's great. tough, you know. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. I know we okay. were talking earlier uh, about Lyme disease. Yeah. You have Lyme disease. Uh-huh. Um, how has it affected your life? Well, you know, it's affected my life in that you know, it's ironic that the very thing I love, hunting and being in the woods, ended up, uh, you know, having, helping me or giving me this disease, you know, contracting, getting bit by a tick. And coming home one day and pulling that thing off and getting the big bullseye—I mean, it was—it was stereotypical. 
it's um it hasn't affected me the way it's affected some people because I caught it early. Yeah. And I was aware. So growing up in Minnesota, you at at school they would they would give you a little Lyme disease awareness thing, and they they somebody would come to the school and talk about it. So I knew what that bullseye looked like, but a lot of people don't. And I think getting a little bit of awareness out there for people to know what that what the symptoms are and what because if you catch it early like me it doesn't affect you as much but i know i have all the relatives that haven't didn't catch it early mm-hmm. it can really really affect you I have to be, yeah and i have to be careful because if i don't um take care of myself um i'll, I'll get run down after a week or two in the back country or something like that and it affects me then or if I'm at SHOT Show and having one too many drinks and hanging out with people and staying up too late, for example, uh, that, that'll do it too. So, Do you take precautions when you go out into the woods? Then? I mean, the only, only kind of precautions I do, I try and take you know, vitamins and I try and eat well and I try and sleep as much as possible. But sometimes it's just not possible, you know? And, yeah. And I do. I, I beat myself up and don't work as hard as, it is a, as I should sometimes. Yeah, so, you know, people just got to be more careful when they go out into the woods, spray down with the... Uh, oh, that kind of stuff. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I definitely do. I wear one of those rhino suits now. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like a really tight mesh suit. That's helped. Um, I spray down. I don't know what it is, but ticks in me. Uh, they think I'm a hamburger. I mean, I, <laughs> I'll be right next to my camera guy who won't have a tick on him, and I'll come out with, you know, just... Oh, by, oh it's ridiculous. I, I It's my nearly albino skin or something like that yeah, it comes i i'm not sure but i do i try and spray down and do everything i can that's it that stuff's not good for you either but i i think it's 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 Lesser, a necessary evil yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, i think it's something that we need to bring awareness to and absolutely you know it's uh it's a debilitating issue and it is you know it's uh, it's good that you're healthy yeah a lot of people don't know know enough about it no sure. I appreciate your time. Man, I appreciate your time. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking time to sit down and just BS. Let's do it again. <laughs> you know, uh, and everybody out there uh, watching, you can just find out all, uh, all, all my stuff is Nick's Wild Ride, all one word on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. We've got a bunch of videos. It's nickswildride.net on the, on the web. So come join the ride. And that's our show for today. Thanks again for watching our American Outdoor News podcast. You can always go to AmericanOutdoorNews.com for more great interviews and stories. And remember, whether you're hunting the plains of Africa, hiking the Appalachian Trail, or uh, fishing the Sea of Cortez, American Outdoor News has it covered. Thanks again. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.